Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Oh my god. Does my face look exceptionally red? A little bit, but it's because you're nervous. <laughs> I'm so nervous around you. I know. You just do this to me. I'm very excited for this week's episode. Me too. I love this topic so much. The topic of labels was always something I wanted to talk about because I sometimes find that there's people who love labels. They're very confident in saying who they are in the LGBTQ community. But I also know a large number of people, and I've been seeing this more on TikTok, of people saying, I don't like to be boxed in. I don't think me saying I'm a lesbian just means one thing, or I am gay. This means one thing. I find that it's a spectrum. Sexuality is a spectrum. So I find a lot of people are like, I don't really fit anywhere. I just am who I am. So it's something that I'm really interested in talking to you about as someone who identifies as straight and what that could mean for you. It's funny because the way I think about it is I never had to like force myself into a label. So that's why it's so interesting to me to like think about people who do. But straight is my label. What I found really interesting that we touched upon in our last episode, or it might have been our first episode actually, was your growing up experience because you were at one point were questioning, am I into women? Am I straight? Like you felt like you weren't really fitting into anything at that point. So like how did that make you feel? I definitely was confused, but... I don't think bisexuality was on my radar yet. So I wasn't like, I wasn't too concerned, I don't think, with like what my label would be. And I did have like crushes on boys. So if bisexuality was on my radar, I might have maybe been like, oh, maybe I fit into that, to that. But then I wasn't attracted to girls either. So (laughs) if I knew more about labels, maybe I would have thought, hmm. I'm asexual, but labels were not on my radar. Do you know when the acronym LGBT started? No, but let's look it up because I'm very curious. (laughs) At first, it was just LGB, which just replaced the term gay in reference to the broader community. That's really interesting. So people were saying lesbian, gay, bisexual. Was that it? Okay, sorry. So LGBT started being used in the United States from about 1988, but not until the 1990s. Within the movement, did gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people gain equal respect? In 2016, GLAD's media reference guide states that LGBTQ is the preferred initialism because it embraces queer as a self-descriptor. However, some people consider queer to be a derogatory term originating in hate speech and reject it, especially older members of the community, which we know that that did used to be kind of like a a hateful term and now it's it's pretty much like the um, accepted term yep well I remember even when I was in high school people looked at the term queer as negative yeah I remember that too 
Queer to me felt like equivalent with the F word. Oh, really? I guess for me, I think um, I just knew it was something bad. I think it just meant odd. That was my perception of it. If someone was to say you're queer, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, are they just saying I'm odd? Well, just like if someone said you're so gay. Do you remember when Hillary Duff ended <laughs> homophobia in 2004? Wait, let me confirm. <laughs> what are you talking about? You don't know, Sarah. I'm going to blow your mind. <laughs> okay. I love Hillary Duff so much. The Think Before You Speak campaign. Okay. It came out in 2008. Okay. So the Think Before You Speak campaign is a television, radio, and magazine advertising campaign. Oh my God. Okay. And it looks like the campaign included Hillary Duff and also Wanda Sykes. Wanda. But I specifically remember seeing the commercial for it. And um, basically I'll give a quick little summary, but there's these two girls like trying on an outfit or no one girl's trying on an outfit the other girl's like giving her advice or whatever and the one girl goes oh like it's so gay and they're like laughing <gasps> and then hillary comes up from behind and she goes <laughs> you shouldn't say that <laughs> oh my god and she's like basically <laughs> explains how that's insinuating that it's bad when really that's not what it means she says something like oh in your t-shirt you shouldn't be wearing a t-shirt for a dress or something oh my God, play the clip. I never saw this. What the hell? Do you like this top? So gay. Really? Yeah, it's totally gay. You know, you really shouldn't say that. Say what? Well, say that something's gay when you mean it's bad. It's insulting. What if every time something was bad, everybody said, oh, that's so girl wearing a skirt as a top. Oh, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Those are cute jeans, though. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. It is so good. Oh my God. That's amazing. I know you wanted to share with me some stuff about Glennon Doyle. Do you want to get into that? Yes. So when we decided to talk about labels, I came across this chapter in a book that a lot of people have probably read called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. If you don't know who she is, she's like a, she's an author, activist, and she has a lot of books out, but this one, Untamed, is just probably the most popular. If you go to Chapters or your local bookstore right now, it's probably on the bestsellers table. And her story is really interesting because she was married for, I think, like 15 years or something like that. She had three kids with this guy and she was super unhappy. And she talks about it in this book where she kind of just had accepted that that's her fate. Like she has to be the martyr for this marriage. And she has these kids and she can't let down the family. And she was also like very active in the church. Like she she was super religious. So all of that mixed together, she was like, I'm super unhappy and there's nothing I can do about it. Also, her husband was, there was infidelity in the relationship. So just like a shit storm of unhappiness. Anyway, Glennon writes a book. She goes to this like book signing event where there's other authors and they're all meeting fans and like signing books. And in walks Abby Wambach. She walks into the room that Glennon's in and Glennon said that she just like, she's told the story many times. She just like saw Abby and everything changed. And she said that <laughs> she stood up from the seat she was in and just like opened her arms. <laughs> Wait, Glennon stood up and opened her arms to Abby? Yeah, she just opened her arms, but Abby wasn't even close enough for like a hug. And then she realized she was doing it and quickly sat back down. I don't even know if anyone else reacted to that. Anyway, like throughout the event, 
they're kind of like chatting a little bit. And for Glennon, there's this like spark she's never felt before. Like and she said that at one point she like touched Abby's arm um, in like a friendly conversational way and said that there was like a literal electric current that ran through her arm. Everything's changed after this. She um, starts exchanging emails with Abby and it becomes very clear that they're in love. And basically she decides one day she's going to divorce her husband and start dating Abby. Anyway, fast forward, like, I think they've been married for like three years now. So her and Abby are married. They have this like complicated but beautiful combined family. And so this book, Untamed, she talks all about all of that and what it means. And she dives a lot into this like idea of labels and how a lot of people were offended by her decision because they thought it was that she had been faking everything before that, right? That she had been faking being straight. And in reality, she had never even kissed a girl before Abby. She she talks about the first time they have sex in this book. Like she's very candid. And she she had never even thought about girls before Abby. It was just like she met this person and everything changed in her life. And now she's on this whole different trajectory. But isn't it really annoying that people would even have to accuse her of faking it or like faking being straight? Like, that's not their Mm. business anyway. Like, she, that's what I get so frustrated. Why do people care so much and accuse people of what they feel inside and who they fall for and who they love? Yeah, but I think that's what this whole conversation is, right? Like, this whole idea, she gives a really amazing analogy that we're going to go into, but this whole idea of labels, I think coming from the straight perspective, like, that that frustration for me I have the same frustration right like why does everyone care so much just let everyone live their life but a lot of straight people like they are confused and whether they're genuinely trying to understand or not the confusion automatically makes them vulnerable right if they don't understand the fact that someone could be straight their whole life and then suddenly marry a woman that creates insecurities in them because it's something that they can't intellectually understand you know what I mean Mm -hmm. So I'm obviously not defending anyone who judges someone else, but I think like that's kind of, that comes back to like the whole point of our podcast, which is like, we got to ask some tough questions sometimes. And if we're ever going to understand each other, if everyone's going to understand each other, then we have to be open to being a little bit vulnerable and feeling a little confused and pushing through it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so Glennon has this chapter in her book where she tells a story about being at an event where she's speaking to like thousands of people. And there's a question and answer period. And this woman stands up. She's super nervous. She's like in the back of the room. And she says, my nephew is now my niece. I adore him. I'm sorry, her. And my granddaughter took a boy to homecoming last year and a girl to homecoming this year. And now you're gay too? I don't mean any offense. It's just, why is everybody so gay all of a sudden? I just, when I read that, I just like lit up because... And she goes on to say this too, like the whole room got super tense, I guess, because they were like, oh my God, can she ask that question? Like, is she allowed to ask that? That, sound, that sounds like it's an offensive question. But in reality, like she, it's so clear. She's genuinely trying to understand. She has these people in her life who she loves and she doesn't know what's happening because it's happening so quickly, but she wants to love them even more and support them. But she has to understand first. There's a disconnect happening there. And I think that's because um, coming from my perspective, the queer community has like expanded so fast in the last, I would say 10 years. Would you agree with that? I don't know if I'd say 10 years. More or less? 
less. I'd maybe say maybe the past five where it's really expanded for sure. Our generation, we talked about this, like our growing up experiences. It just, it wasn't really okay to be gay, but I feel like the kids now, it is. Like it actually is okay. And so when this woman is saying like my nephew is now my niece and my granddaughter is taking a boy to prom and then a girl to prom, like the that's this current generation of kids who is exhibiting all of these behaviors that the older generation isn't used to. So her asking like, why is everyone so gay all of a sudden? I just love that question. It's not a bad thing, obviously. It's like an it's like a cultural phenomenon for a lot of people, right? Yeah. Um, people aren't only getting so gay all of a sudden. They're not just gay. They're trans or they're fluid or they're asexual. Now there's all these other options. It becomes more exciting, but for a lot of people more confusing. I think there's definitely a line between being confused and being excited about your identity. But I loved that question too. I definitely didn't take offense to anything she would have said by saying, why is everyone so gay all of a sudden? Because it's kind of funny. Like literally my natural reaction was just to laugh because it's like, true. (laughs) Exactly. It's true. And Glennon says like, everyone gets super tense. And then she makes a joke and the whole room, it lightens the mood in the whole room. Because she's like, this is nothing to be tense about. This is a great question. And like, let's dive into it. That's the way we need to approach these things, you know? Of course. I think there's always a line between someone being genuine and just curious and wanting to know something than coming at you and attacking you. You know, I think to me, that's where I have an issue is if people are just like judging, but judging from like hate, they're not judging in like a curious sense. And sometimes those two things can kind of intertwine, right? Like some people might be judging, but at the same time, they're curious. I just love that this woman in the story, like just asked it outright. She was like, what's up? Like, what's going on? What was Glennon's response? Okay, so Glennon gives this amazing response, and it's an analogy about glasses. And I'll tell you the analogy because I personally love it, and I think it just describes fluidity in a really, like, tactile way. So she says, we're born with these mysterious forces inside of us. As humans, these things that we have never been able to understand. The forces are faith, love, sexuality. We can't comprehend them, so we're uncomfortable with them. Kind of like I just said, like we don't understand really what they are, and that makes us uncomfortable. We want we want to know everything as humans. Mm-hmm. So, because we're uncomfortable with it, we took faith and we packed it into religions. Then, we took sexuality and we packaged it into sexual identities. And the way she describes it is that it's like water in a glass. Faith is water, religion is the glass. Sexuality is water, but sexual identity is the glass. So we created these glasses so that we could contain all these like wild magical forces inside of us. We could just contain them and make them easier to drink, basically. So we said to the people, pick a glass. You're either straight or you're gay. And then she goes, by the way, choosing the gay glass will likely leave you unprotected by the law, ostracized by your community, and banished by God. So choose wisely. Great. (laughs) So everyone poured their glasses and they did what they thought was expected of them. And many lived lives of quiet desperation, slowly suffocating as they held their breath to fit inside the glass. Then she goes on to say, somewhere, someone, for whatever reason, decided that they didn't fit into their glass and they decided to spill out of it and said these labels they're not true to me and they don't fit and then someone else heard that person say that and thought she thinks that I feel that and then more and then more and it was a domino effect and all these people started to spill out of their glasses right Mm -hmm. and then I like this quote she says 
So she's talking about this domino effect. And then she says, I don't think that gayness is contagious, but I'm certain that freedom is. I mean, what is more infectious than seeing someone free? You want to be as free as they are, right? It inspires people. It inspired me. I've definitely had people I looked at and saw them being so authentic where I was like, this is me. I relate to everything they're doing because mm. I didn't see that before. And now who, I who? just want to be like that. Honestly, it was Cami uh, Scott and Shannon Beveridge when mm-hmm. they when I watched their YouTube channel, these two femme women who at the time were dating, I was like, I want this. Like, this is why, this is what I want. And it just, I don't know. It gives you clarity. Yeah, absolutely. And like, this has been happening for centuries really the way she describes it is in the name of freedom we added more glasses so we said okay i hear you those other glasses don't fit you so here's a bisexual glass for you and for you we'll give you a pansexual glass and you can have an asexual glass and we kept adding glasses until we had every letter of lgbtqia plus 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 it felt right and it felt better because once again we all just want to like understand things and things that we don't understand make us scared and and vulnerable so by adding more glasses we could be like okay there's a glass i understand it perfect it has its own category it has a name i'm going to put it over there and i understand and i feel good about it but then she says some people like her they still couldn't find a glass that fit this kind of brings in everything we were talking about about like people judging her because she was straight air quotes her whole life and then suddenly gay right she says my hunch is that folks have always been 50 shades of gay (laughs) um she goes i wonder if instead of adding more glasses we should stop trying to contain people within them perhaps eventually we'll rid ourselves of the glass system altogether faith sexuality and gender are fluid no glasses all see i really like that i think i've always been a huge believer in that too even though we felt like we were being inclusive by creating LGBTQIA, which I think I think as a society we were, it still left people out. You can make a million glasses and still there'd be people who wouldn't be able to fit into them. It was a good explanation of like fluidity slash why is everyone so gay all of a sudden? It's because the glass system doesn't work. So as much, and I do, I think like I would love to get your opinion on like, like the fact that for some people their label does feel so amazing and it feels so right to them and they are proud to state it and I think that's amazing too. So that idea, how does that mesh into this idea of fluidity? I know that's that's what's really interesting because for a long time now, to me, I've always believed that sexuality is on a spectrum and love is fluid and your sexual attraction is fluid. But Wait, tell me, tell me a bit about like when you made that discovery. I want to say I probably thought that when I first came out as bi. Oh, okay. I think even when I came out as bi and that was just the label I used because I was like, I think this is where I fit in, in this glass system. Mm-hmm. I was like, this makes sense, I, I think, <laughs> to me <laughs> at the time. But yeah. um, it's hard to say because I just think as humans, like, I guess because I would look at it and say like, maybe I could fall for this person and not like so much, you know, what's what's going on down there? You know what I mean? Like, what mm-hmm. if I fall in love with the person? That's where I think it can get tricky because people who own their labels, right? Like, let's say I know a lesbian who's like, I'm a lesbian. I'm only attracted to women. Like, that's it. I've known that for so long and they're owning it. And like, that's amazing. But then I've definitely also heard that same person could say, 
well, what if I did end up with a guy years later? Am I going to be judged because I came out and said I was a lesbian for all these years and I only dated women? And then I end up with a guy very similar to Glennon's situation, right? So it's like, mm. it's tough. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think sometimes the future is just, you just don't know. But I'm yeah. not undermining anyone who's owning their label, though. You could gaze into the future. It's what I see in the future. Are you Raven? You should own who you are, and I'm going to believe what you say you are, and you know how you feel. Okay, so I'm just going to do it from a personal perspective, because I've yes. always been very open about this. I identify as queer. I came out as bi when I was probably 20, well, not on the internet. I was 23 when I came out on the internet, but <laughs> I was um, definitely like 18 when I first told friends and family, right? And that's the label I felt described to me because I was like, I'm attracted to men, but I'm also discovering that I'm really attracted to women. And then as the years went on, I was like, I don't think I'm very attracted to men sexually. I think men are really good looking humans. Like I look at them and I'm, I'll be like, damn, that guy is so hot. Or anytime I would get into anything further, I was like, something's, my body is just not, is, some, is telling me no. And I need mm -hmm. to listen to my body. It was mm -hmm. like, girl, something, something's up. So then <laughs> yeah. I was really enjoying sleeping with women and getting to know more women. And I was like, oh, this is what it feels like, this whole thing. So I can confidently okay. say I'm more sexually attracted to women, but I could also be romantically attracted to men. So it gets a little interesting there with how I identify. So when you say you identify as queer, to you, does that mean that you just fall in love with the person? And if so, I guess in the glass system, that would be pansexual. It would be in the glass system, but to me, I associate the word queer as another word for identifying as gay. That's how I oh, look at it. That, but I oh. think that's just me. Like, I wonder if other people have, like, their definitions of queer. For years, I was scared of the word lesbian or to say I identified as lesbian. And I think a lot of that had to do with my internalized homophobia I had. But then again, I have a TikTok account and all my hashtags, I'm putting lesbian TikTok. <laughs> lesbian <laughs> lesbian because you know that's what everyone's searching i don't like labels in general but i do think if anyone asks me it's easier for me to say oh i'm queer okay, okay. i'm a queer woman i always say that that's interesting because i don't know why to me the word queer means fluid i don't know why i have that perception because it can also mean fluid you know i don't think there's any definition for one certain label you know what i mean like People also right. would say they think pansexual and bisexual is the same thing. Like how many people have mm -hmm, to say, isn't mm -hmm. that the exact same? And I'm like, it is what you make it out to be. I just don't think there has to be a right. definition specifically for anything. Like me identifying as queer could mean something different to me than Demi Lovato, who actually came out as queer recently. She always used to identify as bisexual. Now she mm. says she's queer. So I'm like, I wonder if that means something different for her than it does for me. And I think maybe this is part of the problem, right? Like me being like, what does queer mean to you? And what is what's the what really is the difference between pansexual and bisexual? Like diving too deep into the definitions, maybe that's the problem. And maybe the whole point is, I mean, talking about this glass system, that's why the glass system doesn't really work because everyone's trying to define something, put it into a box and make sense of it. 
So yeah, I feel like that's a good learning lesson for me as someone who's trying to understand labels and fluidity and all these things. And I'm really, I'm reading about it and I'm learning about it. I'm still in the back of my mind trying to like find these definitions and trying to put things into neat little categories. That That's kind of my personality, but it's also like probably a bit of my inherent homophobia. I feel like just as humans, we feel like we always need an answer for everything naturally. Yeah. But when I, I wasn't even thinking about this much until we started talking about it, but yeah, like we don't need a specific definition for each label. It can vary. So I have a question about when you were discovering your sexuality, how did you feel about labels at that time? Do you remember? No, I didn't know a lot about labels, but I remember thinking I need to be a label. I need to I need to know who I am and I need to say who I am. So to me, bisexual was like the one that made the most sense. I was a little, I, I also kind of knew at the time that I think I could be more sexually attracted to women, but to come out and say I'm a lesbian or I'm gay, I wasn't ready to do that because I, I was confused at the time too. I was still going on dates, going out on dates with guys. Mm-hmm. It just still would go in the back of my mind and I'd be like, okay, well maybe I'm still bi because I think this guy's really good looking. Okay. This might help jog what you were just saying. Cause I wanted to ask you, so, so you came out as bisexual first to your family and your friends. Then you came out to the internet, and I want to dive into that aspect too in a little bit. But my question is, did you did you kind of feel in the back of your mind like coming out as bisexual was maybe like an easier transition for yourself and for the people around you? And not like I, I know that you didn't know what was going on yet. It wasn't like you were – you knew in your heart that you only liked women and you were just saying bisexual to, to like – make it easier on everyone but I'm wondering if there was like a little bit of a um just from like what you've learned um like from society as you were growing up maybe you felt like that was a little bit of an easier thing to start with um yes and no I had so much confusion going on in my head around mm-hmm, that time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be honest I wasn't really thinking of society I wasn't really thinking of anyone else <laughs> you were just thinking about Alice right <laughs> I was thinking about Alice for sure, but I'll also just like me genuinely still going on dates with men. Before I came out of the internet, yes, I was seeing more girls. But when I was 18, I didn't have any experiences with women. I just knew who I liked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think genuinely at the time, I was like, no, but I'm still, I think bi makes the most sense. The internalized homophobia aspect was maybe me being like, oh, wait a minute, do I only like girls? And that would kind of scare me. I was worried for me. And then I also think I was like, well, what if like I'm supposed to be with a guy? I think I always thought like that, Mm. if we're going to talk about fate, I was always like, but what if like my future, what if I'm supposed to be with a guy? And I'm like messing that up for myself because I wasn't really meeting any girls. You thought maybe by liking girls, you would mess up your own fate to be with a man (laughs) it sounds ridiculous no it's not it's not ridiculous I think it's so fascinating yeah I do have to say though and this I'm ashamed of this but also it was my learning journey so whatever we all have to learn I do remember thinking and I'm probably saying to you a few times I think Purse just likes girls and maybe she's trying to like guys but she actually just likes girls because every time you were with a girl you seemed like in it and anytime you were with a guy it seemed like you didn't really care so i i definitely 
in the back of my mind was like trying to sort you into some sort of label. Yeah. And you're not the only one. Like my sister, Marsh, um, would do that with me all the time. When I was seeing a woman at the time, should we have a nickname? I'll have a nickname for her. I was seeing... Um... Shelly. Shells. <laughs> I have a cousin named Shelly. I can't do oh, that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Give me, give me a hot second. Okay. We'll, okay. We'll, call, we'll call the girl Regina. So at this time when my sister, so Marsh, we were walking through the park one day. I was seeing Regina super casually, but she was someone I was very excited about. And Marsh kind of told me like, Persis, I think you're a lesbian. And the, the thing is, is that I knew in my heart that I was more sexually attracted to women, but I didn't love someone kind of telling me who I was. And I don't think she was coming at it from like a very attacking place. I think she was just trying to maybe like make me feel better and make me feel less confused. Yeah. Like I remember like in thinking about why I was trying so hard to put you into a category my I think my main motive it wasn't that I desperately needed to understand you like that that obviously wasn't the issue it was my motive was like I want to help Purse and I think maybe if she just stopped worrying about guys and just went for her um like intuition with girls she'd be happier regardless of whether that was um well-intentioned it's not my place and it's not and Marsh we love you but it's not your place either it's no one's place but yours I knew it was coming from a place of wanting to help me. It's not like, oh my God, like she's just covering up or it wasn't coming from that. It was like, I just think she should really focus on women. And you know what? Like I really did post Regina. (laughs) I definitely was only focusing on women. I think that was a turning point for you for sure. It was. That was a turning point and I was really happy and it was what I wanted to do in my heart of hearts. I think this is maybe why I get nervous about the word lesbian sometimes to define myself as a lesbian because I sometimes get in my head of just like having feelings for guys. Like I, and I have, but I almost know it won't go anywhere. <laughs> like I know it won't, but then sometimes I'm like, but the feeling is still there. I'm just not very sexually attracted to them. And I wonder if some girls sometimes feel that way too. Like I was talking to a girl once who literally told me, She's caught feelings for women, but she doesn't think she's like sexually attracted to women. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's kind of how I feel too with, with men. Yeah. And I think that the idea that sexuality is this like wild, mysterious force inside us, I think that that is exactly what's happening. There's, it's not like sexuality is just who we're sexually attracted to. There's all these other facets of it that come into play and it's a mysterious thing. You can be physically attracted to someone, emotionally attracted to someone, and those are two different things, I believe. That like asexuality, think about it, like that's full on a type of sexuality, but that's, you know, people who don't necessarily always feel very sexually attracted, but they still want love. They still want to be in love with someone. They still have those feelings. You know what? I just thought of another story that I I have I have been ashamed of since it happened, but I think that I'm just being vulnerable and it's another learning experience that I think a lot of people will be able to learn something from as well. I was with a friend this summer who I don't know what she identifies as specifically, so I'm not going to speak for her, but she definitely is a part of the queer community in some way. We were talking about labels. She was talking about someone who was identified as asexual who said that they never felt that like excited sexual attraction. And I said, oh, that's so sad. And she said, it's not sad. 
It's just their reality. It was one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, such a learning moment. Like that is exactly the thing I'm trying to like unlearn is the idea that is the idea that any one reality has to be sad just because it's not my reality. And so we actually had a good talk about it. And I was like, the reason why I said it was sad was because I know that excited feeling. It's such a great feeling for me. It makes me sad they won't be able to feel that feeling I felt. So I'm projecting my own feelings on that individual. I think that's uh, another learning moment for me. And also another example of like something that people are allowed to talk about. People are allowed to ask those questions. You're allowed to make mistakes like that and say things that maybe aren't right and then talk about why you said them and then maybe learn something along the way. Oh my gosh, Sarah. Yeah. Like, and I know where you were coming from in that sense is because like, that is what your reality is. It totally makes sense that maybe your gut reaction would be like, oh, that's sad that they don't experience that. But Mm -hmm. then I love how your friend said, no, it's not sad. That's just who they are. And that's what they know. I feel like we need people in our lives like that who are going to disagree with us and give us the tough love. Even if the glass system isn't good, it's still good to have these conversations about what all the glasses mean because they're they're there and they're not going away. At least not now. No, no. I don't think they're going away now, but I hope slowly we can turn it into a C, as Glennon says. But I actually just thought of something so funny. <laughs> Oh my God. Is it embarrassing for me? No, no. It, it's actually, it's not you. So you can Thank ask, God. You don't have to be sweating right Rest now. Rest easy. Oh God. But um, I remember being at a party when I was like 18. And at this time too, I was really, so as you can tell in my journey, I have gone from one way to the other. I've like danced around one label, like shut down another <laughs> label. But I don't know. It was definitely an experience, but I was talking to one of my guy friends and I was telling him how like, I feel like I don't think about sleeping with men that much. Like what I really want to do is like sleep with a girl. And I said that at 18. And I remember just having that thought being like, hmm, this is what I want. And his response, like, it's, it's funny because whatever he goes, oh, but don't you, don't you like want to like feel that like manly, like Oh, I forget how he described it, but basically he was motioning like this. Like a thrust. So what Purse is doing right now is a thrust. A pelvic thrust. I think I just said, oh, that doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't really know what you're trying to say by that, but I don't, that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about, that's not all sex is. And that also sometimes goes into, this could be a whole other episode for what mm. sex is. Because we were all so young and I, and I get... <laughs> I like sympathize with him because I know he did not mean that in a mean way. He literally just said it like, oh, but wouldn't you want to feel that like pelvic thrust or if I'm going to say it like that? (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) listen, but that's also like, that's honestly to me, that's very similar to my story about saying that someone's asexual experience was sad, right? Like it's just not understanding, just speaking what you believe and having to realize that it doesn't make sense. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Clearly what he said doesn't make sense, but he had to say it to figure it out. If he didn't say it out loud, he would keep thinking that. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And so many people would be thinking that. It's the same thing when people still think lesbians are technically virgins. If they're gold star lesbians, oh, have they, they've never slept with a man. So that means they're a virgin, even if they're having sex with a mm. woman. 
Oh, that is a whole episode all on its own. I love people who can challenge you, but they don't need to make you feel bad because they know you as a person. You're not coming at it from like a bad place. When I said that, her initial reaction was definitely a little bit like, what? It's not like, what are you talking about? I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that was her initial reaction was like, this. what you're saying is incorrect. And that was probably your initial reaction to what your friend was saying with the pelvic thrust as well, right? Um, so it's not like it's not always going to be like easygoing. Sometimes these conversations are going to get a little like there's going to be some friction, right? Because we're just reacting as humans. But I think the important thing is that like we all listen to each other eventually in these situations. Yeah, we all listen to each other. And at the end of the day, this the theme is happiness, right? Like I think the common theme in any of this is that you do what makes you happy. I'm going to do what makes me happy. That's amazing. You came out as bisexual to your family and friends then you came out as bisexual on the internet yes and and then just recently like not too long ago you came out as queer on the internet so tell me about first of all why you why you wanted to come out on the internet um and then second of all why you felt like it was important to come out a second time after I came out as bi and I posted my video I was very proud of myself for posting it in that moment because I was so scared and so nervous. But I also wasn't coming out with a lot of content after that at all. Nothing that had to do with LGBT topics. Like my channel went went dark. After I posted the video, she disappeared. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I don't think I was actually as confident as I thought I was to be putting Mm. out videos. But I think during that time, I was also like trying to be like my most authentic self after quarantine happened. And I had experienced a lot of things prior to that where I was like, okay, I think I'm just really into women. And I think I kind of want to tell people that like, this is part of my journey because after seeing Regina, Regina? Yeah, Regina. Reg. I was... Yeah, interested in other women after that. And then I was like, really, really fell for someone as well. So I think when quarantine happened, I was like, I just want to be so authentic. And I want to be, tell people that it's okay to also like, figure it out. I'm still figuring it out. Like I was super confident in saying I was bisexual. And then now I'm much more attracted to women and sexually attracted to women. So let's say where I'm at, because that was literally where I was at at that time. And I think I remember just setting up the video and just just talking and saying, maybe I'm gay, maybe I le- I'm a lesbian, but also who cares about labels? But I've discovered that I could see my future being with a woman. And that was the first time I think I felt very confidently not only saying it, but also thinking it. Also, I'm curious, why the internet? Why the internet? Yeah, why not just come out to your friends and family? So, I mean, I think at that point, I think I actually did probably come out to I don't think I had a second coming out to like my friends and family I just think over time because I was only like excited about girls and talking about girls I think they were like okay like good for her (laughs) but um I've always wanted to tell my story on the internet even when I did post my vibe video because I know there's not a lot of Indian representation on the internet and in media and I have a small following so it's not like I even did it in hopes of having like this massive following. I just wanted to share my story. Hopefully it reaches people who look like me or think they identify with me in some way or another. So that's why I think 
when I watched coming out stories on the internet, that like made me feel so good. And it's not like I was messaging those people after. I just, (laughs) I was just like watching the videos and being like, whoa, I feel really good about myself. And now I feel more comfortable with myself. So I wanted my videos to give someone that same feeling. Yeah. That's always the perception I had of your coming out videos, plural. As much as they were exciting for you to finally speak your many truths, I do think like at at the core of those videos and really all of your content, like you really just genuinely want to put something out there that someone else can hopefully see and identify with. It is very like selfless and none of this is about you being famous or you being rich or getting attention. Like all of it is just so like you just really want to want to let other people know that they're not alone. 100% because I mean, and I know within our culture nowadays, it's like even with Glennon's book, it's almost like, you know, why everyone's gay all of a sudden and it's like celebrated. But there's still people, I receive DMs of them struggling with the same thing I did. Like they maybe know it's okay in society, but they're confused as hell about what they want. Because one girl was telling me like, I'm confused because I like am more attracted to women, but I've also liked guys before. And I'm sending her paragraphs back being like, girl, (laughs) I've been there and it's okay. You just go for who you want and who you like. Don't feel pressure to put a label on yourself. So awesome. I love it. I think it felt better for me to say, listen, I'm queer. I like identifying as queer more than me saying I'm bisexual. Mm, For sure. And like me asking that was not at all in a judgmental way. It's just so interesting to me. I think a lot of people would just never be so vulnerable in out in the public. And I just think it's cool that you do that and you do it in so many different ways. Thanks. I actually enjoy it. I I get scared sometimes. Like, I think there was one time I was scared to post a video and I think I messaged you being like, yeah, is this too personal? And you're like, no, just go for it. It's just better. I've been learning to do that too, but it's just better to be so vulnerable. Just be your most vulnerable self, but not everyone has to post on the internet. So don't think you, you have to do that. You definitely don't have to post on the internet. You don't have to start a podcast. You don't do anything, but just listen and learn. Okay, should we move on to In Case You Missed It? Let's do it. I'm excited about this one. Me too. Okay, In Case You Missed It, TJ Osborne, one half of Brothers Osborne, a country duo. If you're not into country, they are very popular country band. TJ came out publicly in an article in Time magazine. Now, he talks about in the article how it's kind of weird that he's coming out in a magazine because he's been out for years and years. He's been out with his family, his friends. He's known since he was young. And this is the first time he has stated it publicly in this way. First of all, this was like the most exciting news. I'm actually a big Brothers Osborne fan, and this just made me so happy. I, I was just like, I just feel like it's a big deal because it's country. And I just, I just love, I just love him so much. And I was just, it was just so great to see him like, not only like speaking his truth, of course, that's exciting, but just also to hear him be like, listen, like, it's important that I'm coming out, but also like, I've been out for a long time. So like, this really isn't news to anyone except for like the whole world. TJ is now the only openly gay artist signed to a major country label. The only in history. That's wild. I know. 
when me and Persis were talking about this earlier, we were like, what other... Persis was like, I don't even know any other, like, country artists who who are openly gay. And, like, the only one I could think of was Brandy Carlisle and Brandy Clark, two female country artists who are, I would say, like, they're mixed genre a little bit. Like, they're country and they're rock and they're, like, folk a little. Also, a few that I forgot about were um, Orville Peck. If you guys haven't heard of him, he is a super cool artist. And then, do you remember um, Lil Nas X? Yeah, yeah, I do. So he's openly gay and he's also black. Obviously, there are probably a whole bunch more that we just don't know about, but this is the first one signed to a major country label, the first and only. And that's, like you said, that is making history. It, it, it was just a very, like, stereotypically manly country duo. His brother has, like, a big beard. He's married to a beautiful woman. But his brother posted this video just saying how proud he was of TJ. Uh, it was so sweet. It just makes me so happy. Yeah, and I think, like, the best part about it is just, like, TJ, you know, being confident and you know saying i've been out for a long time but this is the time the first time i'm coming out to the world and obviously as we were talking before i guess it's not very very common in country music it's very like a handful of people you were able to say but just showing that support and being like i love you and i'm here for you and as i was looking things up because i was gonna say i have to admit i'm not a country music girl i (laughs) i'm shocked but I just don't think I've really given it a proper chance. It's not to say that I've listened to it and was like, no, I don't like this. It's just that I just didn't really grow up with country music. And I find whatever I knew about it was just anything that was mainstream country. So, but I am really into like Casey Musgraves. Like I listened to her a lot. I'd heard of the Osborne brothers, but I didn't really like know the Osborne brothers. It's Brothers Osborne. (laughs) okay see that's exactly my point I was like I don't really know but I but I remember when I looked it up I was like oh I know brothers Osborne like I'd heard that name it was nice to kind of see like all the positive reception it seems like TJ's getting yeah so it seemed mostly positive but I wanted to point out really quick that he said he was nervous about coming out mostly because he thought people would um, see it as like a media stunt hmm which I thought was super interesting. He he was saying like his fear wasn't necessarily um, like prejudice or judgment because he's he's so secure with who he is in his life, family and friends. It was more like he didn't want anyone to think that he was just saying it to get like attention for the band, like a pub, like a publicity thing. I love the story and I'm happy for TJ. Me and too. I feel, like, I feel like it's nice to for him to come out, and I understand maybe why people are even saying why what's the need to even come out you know what I mean but then again he's also being that person for someone else yeah and I don't know if people are saying that I I don't want to um I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth did does someone say that in an article I don't know who it was but they they were almost saying like oh what's the big deal to come out during this time during this time what do they mean like because they're meaning like everyone's no no no, not the pandemic I just mean in oh right now it it kind of goes along with like everyone's kind of gay it's not like almost a shock if someone comes out nowadays well sure like you and me and the people around us of course like we might have that thought like we said he is the only openly gay artist on a major country label right now so in the country world this is huge this is this is honestly like a huge breakthrough and he just like casually did it (laughs) 
I know I, I know that it was probably a big a really big deal for him. I'm not gonna take that away from him, but it did feel very authentic and it felt it felt almost like just an easy like this is already a fact and here it is for the world in case they want to know. Um, but I do think he couldn't have done this without the um, distinct knowledge that he was going to be representing something for a lot of young men who listen to his music and might be in environments that where they feel like they can't be themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, TJ. Thank you, TJ. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes, thank you. We hope you learned some stuff. We learned some stuff. Um, I was also eating like an entire three-course meal throughout this entire thing. So apologies if you heard like soup slurping in the background. But it was delicious. So I'm happy. Yeah, you're happy. Your stomach's happy. <laughs> Had a great convo with Purse and ate some delicious food. This was great because I also feel like this, this was a topic that also challenged me because like I said, there's there's still so much we could dive into with labels and what we believe and versus what other people believe. So this was cool. I like to hear your perspective too. Yeah, I always love to hear your perspective. <laughs> and that is why we started a podcast. Yeah, but if you want to send us fan mail and tell us how much you love us on our podcast, um, we will give you um, an undisclosed address. <laughs> Please don't be discouraged. First of all, I love how we're asking for fan mail. <laughs> because we're desperate for love and affection. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I need validation. All the time. Sarah, I love you so much. <laughs> I love you. Bye.